Welcome back, Money Multipliers. Welcome to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So in today's episode, we're going to be diving into the purpose there goes Daisy. (laughs) We're going to be diving into the purpose of the segregated checking account, or sometimes like Pops likes to call it the miscellaneous account. When do we have to use it? Why are we using it? What even account is this? So we're going to get into the specifics later on in the episode. Um, A few announcements. I do want to tell y'all that it's this weekend. This weekend, Jonah and I are going to be good are going to be going live on the virtual Money Multiplier Wealth Bootcamp for Millennials. So, and it's not just for Millennials. The reason we're kind of calling it that is, yeah, you know, we are kind of targeting our generation, the Gen Z Millennial generation, because that's the generation that Jonah and I are in. But uh, this is for anybody. I mean, it's all just talking about money and everybody's got the same money habits, money things that are going on, same money problems. So we're going to be talking about solutions, how you can control the environment, not leaving it up to the markets or government to dictate whether your money is going to grow. So we'll be getting into some of that this weekend. If you go to themoneymultiplier.com, forward slash January 2024, you can reserve your spot to join us for Saturday session. I'll see you then. So let's kind of start here with our discussion of what is the segregated checking account. All right, so segregated checking account, it is just a normal checking or savings account that you have opened at your bank that you like to do business with. You know, sometimes you get the question, well, Hannah, what is the best bank that I should be opening my segregated account with? I mean, it's just a personal preference. I mean, all I did for myself is I opened that separate checking account at the bank that I just like to do business with. It's actually U.S. Bank. They don't have any branch offices down here in Florida. So when I was up in Kansas City growing up and living, that was where I opened up my first ever student checking account when I was of age. I think like I think I was like 14 or 15 or something like that. And um, maybe even younger. Maybe I was like 13. But but anywho, so that is just who I hold my segregated account with. And all I did is I just called up the bank and I said, hey, I want to open up another checking account. Can you help me? And they did. They, they helped me open it up. And you know, what is the purpose of this account? All right, there's kind of two things that I think of is important when it comes to this concept, the infinite banking concept and using this account. You know, number one, it keeps you disciplined. Okay, so when I am telling you that, hey, you should pay yourself first. What I mean by that is when you have dollars that are coming into you, active money, passive money, birthday, holiday money, inheritance money, 
I don't care. When you get money that flows in through your hands, you should be taking a sliver of that and setting it to the side, you paying yourself first, and then go pay everybody else next. So start treating yourself as your number one asset. Now, I say at least we should be keeping 10% of what we're making. And if we want to be more aggressive than that, go higher, okay? Because you get to have the freedom. You are your own banker. You get to dictate where that money is flowing to. So with that segregated account, I use it to me pay myself first, keeping me disciplined. And all I'm doing is I'm just moving money from my main account into that segregated account. And really then from there, that is what I use to go and pay my premiums in the policy. So me paying myself first is equivalent to me paying my policy premiums. So I just move it from the main account into that segregated account. Then from segregated account, it goes into the policies. So keeping me disciplined. The other reason that we kind of use it as well is, is that The money that comes from the policies, when we are taking out loans from the policies, loan money is never taxable. So when I request my loan money out, it gets directly deposited into my segregated checking account. You know, yes, you can't even receive your loans in a form of a paper check in the mail from the insurance company, but I'm enrolled in direct deposit. I like it. It's easy. It, It clears me out of an additional step that I have to do of depositing that check into the account. So I like the ACH direct deposit that the insurance companies offer. And so when I request my loan money out, it goes all into that segregated account because come around tax time, the money that we pull out of the policy, they are loans. No, we're never taxed on a loan. And even when we get to the point where, hey, maybe in the future, we want to start taking withdrawals from the policy All of that is tax-free to us. So come around tax time, it's easier for me to identify what's taxable income and what's not when I just keep my main account separate from my segregated account. And... And two, you know, then my tax guy doesn't get mad at me and say, oh my gosh, Hannah, now I have to go in here and detangle this whole mess of these 5,000 transactions that you've done, right? So I like it just because I don't have to go in there come tax season and have to go in and detangle everything saying, all right, this is taxable income, this is not. So that's all a segregated checking account is. It's just another account that you've opened up at your local bank. And the purpose of it is to keep us disciplined and to keep the funds separate so that we know what's taxable income and what's not. Um, You know, when you are going out there and you're researching accounts to open up, I mean, sure, if you have an account that the bank is offering you like four and a half percent just to keep the money in there, I mean, sure, go use those perks that the banks are offering to you. So 
I really don't have like a personal preference. I know some people like to work with credit unions or small local banks versus the big national banks that we have around. But it's more so just a personal preference of who you like to bank with, who you like to do your business with. Um, just a little side note, you, you know, a question I sometimes get is, okay, Hannah, well, if I'm going to be storing my wealth inside the policy rather than at the local bank now, is there a way that I could totally eliminate the banks? Do I even have to have a segregated account or a normal checking or savings account? And the answer is yes, you know, we still have to have those bankers there because there's no way to totally eliminate the central banks from our lives. But we can limit the amount of money we keep down at the local bank. So no, now y'all, if you know of a way to eliminate the commercial conventional banks from your lives, please let me know. I've been trying to find of a way, but because how money goes into and out of the policies is from that bank account. You know, you can't pay premiums on like a credit card or with cash. You know, it has to come from that bank account and it gets deposited in into the policy as that ACH, that e-check and vice versa. That's how the money gets out of the policy as well. So I get that question a lot of how is the money really flowing in and out of the policies? So really, when do I start utilizing the segregated account? I mean, I'm starting to use it immediately. All right, because rule number one, pay yourself first. So when I get money in, I'm immediately taking that money, taking that 10% at least and moving it to the segregated account. Okay, so right off the bat, I want you to start using this thing immediately. Do you even have to have the segre segregated account? No, but I think it's a good idea to keep you disciplined, keep you organized when it comes to your financials. So when do we start using it? It's really immediately. Now, I do have some of my folks, and actually I had a really great conversation with a client this past week, and he was talking about how he is going to be paying himself back and with interest. And Hannah, how does this segregated account help me if I'm going to be paying myself back with this interest? Because I do understand that there are these mech limits inside of the policies. Now go back through my other episodes where I talk extensively about MEC. MEC is just an acronym for Modified Endowment Contract. So I'm not going to get into it in today's episode. You can always shoot me an email, Hannah, spell the same ways forwards and backwards, Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com if you have further questions about this. But you know, this individual, they're informed and they said, well, if I'm going to be paying myself back into the policy with interest because I am going to treat my money just how I treat the conventional bank's money, if I take out a loan from the bank, I got to pay them back and I got to pay them back with interest. So I'm just going to practice those same principles and habits with myself. But how does that play when... 
I know that there's these mech rules in here and I don't want to start causing tax consequences in the policy. I want to keep this tax-free growth that I'm getting. So how does a segregated account help me when I'm paying myself back and I don't want to hit those mech limits? So I want you all to look up here at the screen. So for my YouTube folks, and if you are listening to this on podcasts and audio form, um, I upload all of my uh, episodes to YouTube. So you can go on there and you can see um, myself. If you've never seen me before, you can see my shining, smiling, beautiful face. (laughs) And then uh, also, I sometimes post up some screenshots of material that I want y'all to study. But in this screenshot here, this is a person's policy and they were asking me the question, all right, well, Hannah, you can see here that I'm putting in 10,000 a year into my policy. So year one, when I put in 10,000, I'm immediately going to have a cash value of $6,200. Now, reminder, my definition of immediately is within 30 days. So that's kind of why I like to call them premium deposits, because each time you make that premium deposit into the policy, you have that cash value in there immediately that you can take out and start using. So immediately when I deposit in this 10,000 of premium, I'm going to have $6,200 that I can take out and start using. Well, if I go take this $6,200 out and I'm going to go make a purchase, let's say the purchase is, hell, I don't know, new tires, I guess. <laughs> That's just what I'm thinking of right now. doesn't matter what the purchase is. It can be an investment, a, a purchase, an expense that you're buying. But let's say I want to take out this 6200 and I'm going to go buy myself some really, really, really nice new tires, okay? And what I'm going to do is I want to pay myself back and I want to pay myself back with interest. So if I'm going to be taking out this 6200 you know, Let's say that I pay myself back 500 a month over the course of this first year. Well, when I pay myself back $500 each month, is that going to hinder me or move me closer to my MEC limits? Um, and so I, want, I just want to walk y'all through my thought process here. So if I start up at the top, okay, I get paid. I get paid and that money goes directly into my main checking account. Then I'm immediately going to take $500 and move it to my segregated checking account, paying myself back. Then from the segregated checking account, I'll take that $500 and pay it back inside of my policy as the loan repayment. So your policy will always be able to hold the principal of the loan amount that you've taken out. So if I'm going to be paying myself back $500 over the course of 12 months, that's $6,000 that's going to be going back to myself back inside the policy. I have enough room. I am not going to jeopardize my MEC limits here because 
we've taken out a loan of $6,200. So I can go back in there and replenish up to that $6,200 of that loan, that principal of the amount that I've taken out from the policy. So in this scenario, if they're paying themselves back $500 a month over the course of the 12 months, they will be totally fine. They will be able to put that $6,000 back inside the policy and not move them any closer to their MEC limits. However, what if instead of $500, I wanted to pay myself back $800 a month over the course of the 12 months? Now, hold on real quick. I don't think I've ever debuted Monroe on my channel yet. Momo, come here. Some of y'all can see her little tail right there. <laughs> All right, she's just, uh, she's just huffing around. Hold on. Monroe, you got to say hi to the community. Come here. Come here. I don't know if you've guys seen my new kitty cat, Monroe, but she's my domestic long hair. So I actually picked her up on the side of the street. <laughs> she was just hanging around my grandparents' house one day, just a little kitten. She was hanging out in the tree. And so I said, all right, little girl, if you're still here by the morning time, I'm packing you up and I'm taking you back home to Florida with me. So I got two kitty cats around my house and that's why I called uh, one of my entities in my lifestyle. I have one of my entities called the kitty cat corner. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Little commercial break there. So back to it. You know, if I'm going to be paying myself back, all right, I can totally pay myself back 500 a month for 12 months back inside the policy because my principal of my loan is 6200 and I'm just going to be paying myself back 6000 So I'm fine. I am not moving any closer to my MEC limits right there. But what if I wanted to pay myself back 800 a month? 800 a month over the course of the 12 months is $9,600. Well, the principal of the loan amount that I've taken out is $6,200. So I'm about $3,400 more of what I'm putting back into the policy than that principal of the loan amount that I've taken out. Hannah, is that going to move me closer to my MEC limit? Yes. Yes, it will. So here, take a look at this second screenshot and I'm going to post it up. This right here, it comes directly from an insurance company's policy illustration. And it says the seven pay premium for this policy is $10,271. Seven pay premium is just a fancy word for your MEC limit. So in this policy, this individual they are already putting in $10,000 of their premium deposit. So they've already put in 10, their MEC limit is 10,200. So they only have an additional $270 of wiggle room of extra that they can put inside their policy and not hit that MEC limit. AKA start causing tax consequences. So also a little side note for my analyticals listening to me. 
Anytime that you put in extra monies inside of the policy, this logistically goes in as more paid up addition rider premium. So that's how it's going into the policy, the extra monies, or sometimes you'll hear me say extra dumping funds. That's all it is. It's all just extra paid up addition premium. So if he wanted to go in there and pay himself back, 800 a month, 9,600 for the year, he is not going to have that additional wiggle room to put in that extra money because he's essentially trying to put back an additional $3,400 where his MEC limit only allows him to put back an additional $270. So what happens then? What do you do when you come to that scenario? So here's what I told him. I said, well, hey, this is why you have your segregated checking account. So continue on how you are. Pay yourself back into the policy, your ongoing premium, or excuse me, ongoing payments, loan payments back to yourself and back to the policy. When you've hit that point that you've replenished the loan repayments and you've maxed out the additional paid up addition premiums that you can fit inside of that policy, that's when you start just paying yourself back into that separate segregated checking account that you opened up at your local bank. Keep practicing those same habits of you paying yourself back and with interest. It's just once you've maxed out, you've replenished all of the loan repayments, you've maxed out the additional monies that you can put inside of your policy, now just pivot and start paying yourself back into that segregated checking account. At that time, when you are finding yourself that you have maxed out the paid up additions, you've paid back all of your loans on the policy, and you have more money that you are paying yourself back into that segregated account or is just lingering around in your main checking account, that is when you know you are ready for additional policies. Because he actually asked me, he says, well, hey, Hannah, well, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? You know, I'm putting this money inside of the policy because I'm trying to decentralize the currency. I don't want to leave it down at the bank where the bankers are making the money off of me and my dollars. I want to be the one making the interest, the profits, and the dividends. And I agree with him. So when we get to that point, we just simply open up another policy. So this is why, this is why as time goes on, you'll know when you're ready to start expanding your banking system and starting more policies. Because yes, you can have multiple policies on one person. You can start putting policies on your family members, your children, your spouse, siblings, parents, your business partners, you know, somebody that you just have an insurable interest in. You can Expand and start putting policies on other bodies. Now, for myself, I mean, I just keep maxing myself out. You know, there are people that I have other policies on, but if I had a preference, I'm just going to keep trying to max myself out as time goes on because actually, I think I made a comment about this in our Facebook group. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, holler at me. I'll send you the link and you can join the community over there. 
but I made a post where, hey, I um, at the start of the new year, I am going to be starting my seventh policy. And a lot of people were coming back to me and asking me, well, hey, why are you starting that seventh policy? And the reason that I'm really starting it is because my income is rising, my income's rising, the assets are rising, and I'm paying back my policy loans, I'm maxing out paid up additions inside of my existing policies, and I just have a place that I need to warehouse some of this money and move it out of the local bank. So that's why I'm continuing to expand and start more policies. So there was actually kind of a time period there where I couldn't get any more policies on my body because I maxed myself out at that time with the income that I was making. But since then, you know, life's been great. My income has been going up that I can qualify for more and more policies. So that's what I did. My income went up. And then so the underwriters and the insurance company said, yeah, Hannah, we'll give you some more death benefit on your body. And that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm starting that seventh one on me rather than some else that I have an insurable invested interest in. So here's my closing thoughts, my feedback for y'all. You know, this stuff, you're going to get the hang of it as time goes on. I mean, even myself, I've been around this stuff since I was like 10 years old and I would hear dad pacing back and forth in the basement and oh my gosh, y'all, because in Kansas City, we have basements. You don't have them here in Florida, but we had a basement and that's where dad's office was at and he just has a very loud, booming voice and we could hear him all the way upstairs on the second level. So I've been around this stuff. I've been hearing dad talk to people all day long, helping them in their financial life with their money problems and teaching them about the infinite banking concept. But it didn't really click that full circle to me when I got my first policy and then I started using that policy. That's when it really clicked that full circle. And you guys are going to notice that as time goes on too. You know, you're going to get it to the way like where it's like 95% there, but that last missing 5% is the actual implementation and using the policy, handling the money, paying yourself back, working with your mapping, your implementation specialist and just hanging around us and just keep learning more about the banking business in your life. It's going to come as time goes on and I'm, I learn new things every single day. I mean, I, I've learned that in my policies, you know, the mech limits, it's an ongoing moving target. Back at that time, I had no idea that this mech limit was a moving target. I thought it was just that one limit of where it's at and it's going to be there forever and ever. But no, everything is always evolving and changing with the policies. And that mech limit, as time goes on, it's going to keep increasing, climbing higher and higher. And so that's why I, should, I think it's just so important that you should check up on this stuff every quarter. Just check into your policies. If you have one and you're practicing this concept, Concept, whether it's with us over here at the Money Multiplier or with another mentor, another IBC practitioner, you know, check in on those policies on a quarterly basis because you got to track your stats, understand where your money is going and how things are changing as time progresses with your policy because it's just going to be a, a better thing for you to have that peace of mind of what's going on in your financial life. 
So segregated checking account, don't overcomplicate it, y'all. It's really nothing more than just that another bank account that you've opened down at your bank that you like to do business with. Be disciplined, pay yourself first, and don't commingle those funds. Keep things separate so it's easier for you, easier for your CPA, your tax professional, so that you can go in there and have a very successful time when you're going through and accounting for what you owe to the tax man. So thank you y'all for tuning in. If there's anything that I left out or you got questions, holler at me. I'm always here. So subscribe to the podcast. Uh, turn on the bell notification on YouTube. You'll get notified every single time I upload. Every Tuesday, I'm here for you doing new topics, new stories, um, and different experiences as time goes on. Um, a little life update. This is probably going to be one of the last few final recordings that you'll see me here in this office space. So um, I'm getting everything done in the new condo. I'm going to have the designated podcasting room. I got a lot of cool material coming up for y'all. And uh, may, uh, the, the mastermind, you know, the Money Multiplier Mastermind that we do every single year, that three-day live event, that will be coming up this year as well. So stay tuned. I want to see your lovely faces. And uh, just let me know how I can help serve you and your community. Until next time, I'll catch you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.